Dorothy's Timeline Podcast. The offshoot of tangents of the two fanboys and one of casual podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Krisha. I'm the other host. This is Dennis. This is Lewis. Harold. What happened to the energy wow. that we were looking for? <laughs> wow. Wow. It really took a dive, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you get to the talent. Yeah, sometimes you gotta tank it before it starts. Uh, I mean that makes sense, but <laughs> you gotta set the expectations low. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Kershaw makes- set it up so high. I, know, and then- I tanked it really hard. <laughs> mm. So now so now the audience is like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I think it's called sandbagging. Yeah. <laughs> is that a sandbag? Wow, we're really we're really rocking it here. <laughs> yeah. We're such a great group, Kershaw. I have no doubt. Um, speaking of great groups, um, first of all, we're all here, all four of us, full fours. Yay. That's that's something. We missed you last time, Dennis. But yeah, that's I'm true. I did miss you guys. Here. You guys sounded really good, by the way. I um I, I thought that you sounded really well. I have no idea what you guys talked about, but it sounded really good. <laughs> you didn't even listen to it. No, I did. Oh, you I did, did because you edited. Yeah. yeah, I had to. You, you, <laughs> had, you had very specific, very specific like details of like her notes had, were on point. It has to yeah, be clear. We just we revealed some secrets and had to <laughs> not, not. I know, hear. like <laughs> you, 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 you talked about names that I don't, I haven't thought about in like two, two decades, dude. I know, yeah. and we still talk to them every day, like little chats here and there on Instagram. So it's, it's, it's fun, but I'm glad that we're all back full force, uh, full force, number four, force. Okay. That's <laughs> How about Sundaraj? Do you still talk to her? Uh, no, her? but I can ask. I oh, know that. Hot. I know Barbara still talks to Zara. Uh, hot. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you okay? I don't know. I don't know. My sister's classmates. Man. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, well, today we have, I think we have a really fun topic today. Um, but before we get into the round robin and the discussion, I want to talk about another event that we went to, and it's all thanks to Harold. And I know that we were full for that we are full force today, but at wait, that are we event, talking about the disbanding? No, no. Well, we're not being disbanded, but remember when Harold had that wherewithal to sign up for that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So though we are full force today, we weren't full force at that screening. And I'm so sad that 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 Lewis (laughs) wasn't able to make it. But I guess Lewis, tell us how tell us how you like that screening. It was amazing (laughs) from what I understood. The director was there. Apparently the creator, some of the cast. Wow. Cosplay. Incredible. Allegedly. I mean, there are two out of the many things that you've named that were there. But Harold, do you want to talk about the screening? You've been quiet. Oh no, yeah. Um, so as long as as a lot of you guys know, um, there's a certain movie that I love spouting about that only a few people in this world apparently have seen and appreciate as much as I do. And the movie is called Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Um, Yeah. And the reason I love that movie is because I love the creators of that movie, The Lonely Island. Um, obviously, the three, at least uh, me, Den, and Lou, um, I turned them on. And then in perchance, uh, they brought me back to watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
But I've always been a fan of Andy Samberg when he was on SNL. And before that, he had his little group, um, him, Yorma Tacone, and uh, Akiva Schaefer. And they created this little music group slash comedy troupe called The Lonely Island. And uh, they made a couple of movies. They made Hot Rod and then they made uh, Popstar. So follow those guys on socials all the time. And then randomly on one of their social accounts, they were like, did you guys know that uh, Akiva was the director of the upcoming Rescue Rangers movie? And since he is the director and since we are a property of it, We'll be having a screening over at the Disney Studios in Burbank. So they were saying the first few people to respond will get uh, free tickets. You can add whoever you want. And right away, I said, yeah, I'm down. And then I put a bunch of names in. And then when we got to the place, they said, oh, is there a Lewis here? And I go, oh, Lewis has uh, abandoned us again. So, <laughs> unfortunately, he's not here today. But the rest of us are here. And then uh, I unfortunately made the mistake of using Krisha's uh, maiden name because I, I've known her for a long time and I keep forgetting that she has a different last name. That's okay. So, it's still on my my ID, my license. So. Yeah, I thought All they were probably going to be like such sticklers for details that they're going to be like, nope, there has to be someone else <laughs> with your name and maiden name and then just happens to appear uh, with a different last name here. But, um, I mean, um, it was cool. We got to go there. I did had never been on that side of the Disney studios before in Burbank, it was just one of those things where it was just like, you pass by it all the time. Like my, my, uh, a bunch of my family and friends go, went to school across the street. Uh, Louie, your wife did there apparently as well. And um, just being in the area is kind of nice. And then them letting us into the studio um, and then having a theater that provided unlimited water and popcorn <laughs> <laughs> might've been the greatest and worst thing. The, the popcorn was quality popcorn. It wasn't your little like broken nuggets. They were like those round, we call them brains. Like uh, my husband and I call them brains because they're just like full and round. You have like the little crags on the, like the ball part of a popcorn and none of that like, like broken little pieces and no, like I didn't have I, any like uncooked or unpopped kernels. <laughs> that. They, they know what's up. <laughs> yeah, you know, the I unfortunate, know. The, the unfortunate thing about um, unlimited popcorn and water is that, yes, we're in COVID and uh, the three of us were at least masked for pretty much the whole thing. But um, when you chew on giant things of popcorn, sometimes you choke. And sometimes <laughs> it sounds like you're coughing from COVID. And I was, like, true. I was like, oh, God, they're going to kick me out for this. But I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not sick. I'm choking on the gosh darn. No, 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 no not them. I was planning on kicking you out because you were, you were you were close to me. I was going aggressively with that popcorn because I knew I had an extra bucket. You know, we had the same conversation uh, when we went to watch Mortal Kombat because Harold also kept on coughing at that screening. You- Do you remember that? Here's the thing, guys. I choke on popcorn. <laughs> I cannot control the kernels. I am not in the military. Uh, so, like, those things, yeah, like, I'm used to at least a soda or something, but the water was sufficient. It was weirdly cold and hot at the same time. No, I was going to say that that metal can <laughs> for a bottle of water threw me off because... I was, I was expecting something in there. Like it would have been the perfect can for like beer or, 
you know, a something truly, like a seltzer. Yeah, at least a seltzer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even a truly, it would have been amazing at that moment. But the moment you taste it, it's like, oh, it's water. And it's Dasani. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah, um, I think the, one of the first things that we noticed besides uh, actually having to hang out on the, the Disney lot was um, a couple of guys, uh, you know, wearing some very familiar Hawaiian shirts. It was so cool. And it was a hot day, too. Oh man! Yeah, where That's do you good. get those Hawaiian shirts? Where were you saying, Chris? Where the where do you, where could you get those shirts? No, Dennis asked that. I think you can get that at. Yeah, I'm, I'm shop, right here, Harold. Shop, no, I'm... <laughs> shopdisney.com. What is it? What is it? Shopdisney.com. Okay. Well, technically, yeah, your misdirect <laughs> was a little bit. Never mind. I don't like. Why is he? Why is Harold even in the same room with me right now? It's not. <laughs> He chose to be there, and he's he's, he's uh, messing up my flow here. I'm antagonizing him. Don't worry. So, um, uh, surprisingly, not surprisingly, uh, I was looking forward to it. Like, um, I really appreciate, really like that show. Really like that. Um, you know, even though it did go a little long, the the question and answer, the Q and A. Um, I still really like that. Um, one of the coolest things for me was actually walk through the lot. Um, I know, um, Kurz, you, you, myself, and Harold, we were like um, taking pictures of everything. But um, I really wish we had more of an opportunity, to, like kind of um, a, a walk around a little bit more. But uh, overall, I thought that 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 whole visit was great. Even the popcorn. <laughs> so the popcorn sounds like it. Well, we just yeah. went off on like ten minutes on the on the beauty of brain popcorn. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> quote that from that one. That sounds like a fun time, though, dude. I'm, I'm sad I missed it, but I'm glad you guys all got to go out. And if you follow our uh, Instagram, uh, somebody was kind enough to post some of the pictures from there. Um, so who were the ones that were like, I, I saw the picture of the people hosting it. So were those the creators of the movies or the voice actors? I, it I didn't was quite the get... uh, director, Akiva, the other guy from The Lonely Island. And then the other guy was a um, a journalist from Collider. Collider was the one that uh, is the website that took care of the screening. So yeah, shout out to Collider for um, providing us with a free movie that we technically could have watched the day before for free on Disney plus since we all own it already. Yep. Hey, but but you you can't pay for the experience of going through the lot. Apparently that's awesome though, dude. See what was cool is they were, this movie was never planned or a theatrical release. They were always going to be like, this movie is just straight to home DVD streaming. And if you watch the movie, that movie deserves to be seen in a theater. Agreed. Because everything about it, like there's certain details. You can have the biggest TV in the world, but you're going to miss some details. But the fact that we watched it in a movie theater with tons of people, um, you know, with popcorn and or I guess with water, but like in, enjoying the, the theater experience while watching a movie that was never and will never be seen in theaters again, apparently, um, is pretty fascinating. It was one of those things. It's like, once in a once in a lifetime moment, it sounds kind of not pathetic, but it's like a little generic saying that. But then having that, having the screening, and then having uh, people ask questions to the director, um, who had to help direct this movie through a pandemic, where he was physically almost never there and having to do everything virtually, it's just fascinating to me. It's it's interesting to me right now in particular, um, considering how terribly Lightyear has been um has been reviewed and um is doing in, in the box office um it's 
kind of mind boggling to me to figure out who's in charge of deciding which shows go to Netflix or not, not Netflix, Disney plus or which ones go to the theater because um, you know, um, I don't know if it, about you guys, but I thought Raya was a pretty good movie. Um, I would have loved to see that in the theaters. Um, you know, uh, um, uh, turning red was an uh, awesome movie again. Um, you know, I, I'm not complaining because I didn't have to pay, but I think it would have been a fun, um, again, a fun movie to watch in the theaters. And it just seemed like, as Harold said, you know, uh, Rescue Rangers, again, would have been, well, actually, we did get to see it in the movie theaters, and it would have been really (laughs) awesome for other people to see. And, you know, uh, just the picking and choosing of what is and what should be on um, Disney Plus, um, you know, it's almost kind of mysteriously, you know, like, you know, Two female-centric shows go to um, Disney Plus. Minority-led. You know? Yeah, people of color. Yeah, you know, so I don't know. But again... <laughs> I smell a conspiracy. Rescue Rangers is two white guys, so... Uh, one of them is Jewish. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Mazel Tov. Huh? They were chipmunks. They were chipmunk Americans, I believe is what they like to call <laughs> Rodent Americans. Um, no, one of them is uh, a, a rodent uh, Canadian. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, immigrants. Good. No wonder what, <laughs> that's why no, it went no, straight. No, no wonder it went straight to stream. <laughs> so, I mean, besides the movie, then I gotta ask. So, you guys got to do a walkthrough of the lot. Um, any highlights from that that you guys uh, care to share? Um, there yeah, was when, when Dennis said when Dennis says walkthrough, it really was just walking <laughs> from the car. Oh, to the I thought there was like some back but, lot. No, there was back lot. We we passed by a couple sound stages. We um we passed by a few buildings. One was for shorts, which I took a picture of. Um, and then I forgot what the other one was. Uh, the, the the original animated like uh, where the animators were was what was the one right across from us yeah where they made they they apparently have still original animation cells there oh yeah 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 they were saying they were talking about that yeah people were taking pictures of like through the window trying to get like a steamboat Willie thing um but you have to pay extra for if you get a steamboat Willie <laughs> <laughs> that's not part of the tour <laughs> that's not part of the tour. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spicy tour. That is. That, that's the, it sound, was, it was really that's the sound you make when it happens, to be honest with you. <laughs> We're not going to be reviewing the movie because that's, uh, it's something that's really readily available for a lot of people to just see now that it's available on Disney Plus or has been available on Disney plus, but it is one of the most enjoyable things I've watched in a long time. Uh, Dennis had been saying that he was hoping it would be like the new age, um, who framed Roger Rabbit. And I think it, came, it was it the new age. Close, it came pretty close to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. while we were watching it, it, it's a great nostalgia kick and it's a great, we, it's one of those things where you kind of wish that they have a future project lined up for everybody involved in this thing. Like they would keep mm-hmm. it going, but, I know it's going to be tough because the two main characters are pretty popular um, and we'll see where it goes with this, but it's uh, it did help us come up with a kind of where we're going with our main topic for the day. Krish? Yeah. Yeah. So since Chip and Dale were are, are di- a dynamic duo, I wanted to like throw that question to the guys. Uh, what who or who rather 
who are your favorite dynamic duos in pop culture? And that could be movies, TV, animated, musicians, or, you know, uh, it could be anything. Um, and I want to, I want to throw it out to Lewis first. I, I don't want to call you out, Lewis, but since you weren't there at the at the screening, I want you to be the first to chime in on your favorite. Oh, yeah, you, you might as well bring some content here, Lou. I know, <laughs> since I'm, I'm, I'm lacking here. I am Let sad. the record show. I did not say that. <laughs> I mean, it I sure sounded like that's what you were leading to. <laughs> I wanted to involve him. I, know. I, I feel like I've been thrown out there, but um, no, it, it's just perfectly fine. So actually a, a great topic um, for my first choice. Um, you know me, I love me and my low hanging fruit, but this one, actually this next choice or my first uh, f- favorite dynamic duo. It's also in honor of uh, uh, an artist that recently passed one of the uh, most prolific Batman and Rob, a uh, Batman artist, Tim Sale recently passed away. Uh, a, a great creator for DC um, wrote many uh, formidable, like uh, art, uh, comics uh, for uh, comic and, and created comic book lore for Batman, the long Halloween, uh, you know, and, and on all those uh, comic books here. So um, in honor for Tim Sale, yeah, my favorite uh, dynamic duo. I think that's even where the term came from is uh, Batman and Robin. The, um, you know, the, uh, the the two comic book you know start off as comic book and now they're you know basically a, a pop culture phenomenon even your grandma would know who batman and robin are so yeah i mean basically they coined the term it's the it's if if anybody if there's ever anybody in pop or in tv or movies where it's a you know a older mature uh uh uh, hero with his sidekick it, it always beckons to Batman and Robin and it's a, for good reason like their dynamic is one of the most fun like it's so crazy how they're the, the, the two of them have gone through so many iterations during the last few decades uh, you know from your campy Adam West uh, 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 version to the more recent ones you know the darker versions and to the, even the newer stories where Robin has you know evolved to becoming the new you know uh, Sorry, uh, Dick Grayson, uh, the original Robin, has uh, you know promoted and, and became Batman himself and found himself his own Robin. So yeah, uh, one of the best dynamic duos out there. Again, in pop, in pop, you can't say duos without thinking uh, Batman and Robin. And once again, um, not to hijack today, but yeah, rest in peace, Tim Sale. Like I said, one of the greatest uh, creators uh, taken too soon. Um, but yeah, so there you go, Batman and Robin. I have a question: Who would be your favorite Batman? like actor and who would be your favorite Robin character? Like if you could put a dream Batman and Robin together, who would that be? Okay. So we actually brought this up a few uh, podcasts ago, but clearly I, I don't live... listen to your podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's funny. I'm glad you put it in that context. Cause I think we almost had it. We almost had the perfect Batman and Robin a cinematic, at least or live action for me, because yeah, I still yeah. think Christian Bale, Hands down, even though uh, I say this and I, I'm sure Dennis is already cringing because like, he does not care for him. Uh, but I still think I still think uh, Christian Bale was uh, for live action the best um, uh, Batman. And like I said, we got so close to it, but we never quite got there. But um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, I think he would have been a perfect Robin to his a, a perfect foil to to the dark, heavy handed, you know, gritty Christian Bale. And, you know. Not that in the in the you know the Dark Knight Rises movie, you know it wasn't exactly you know 
uh, cartwheels and and roses for Gordon Levitt, but at least he was in in from a from comic book lore. That's supposed to be what Robin is. He's supposed to counteract, uh, you know, Batman's dourness, and he's supposed to basically give him hope that you know that's there is a hope for a brighter future and crime can be stopped and all that good stuff. So yeah, mm. I thought the two of them would have been great. I, I already love the dynamic they had on the screen, but. Uh, you know, there's a fan. Fi- I'm sure there's fan fiction out there, or or you know, whatnot, where they actually drew or put uh, Gordon Levitt in a in a proper costume, and I'd love to see that. So yeah, that that would be my perfect live action. If, uh, if you gave me a little bit more time, if you gave me a little bit more time, I'm sure I could have uh, fan casted somebody more recent or somebody a little more hip. But yeah, off the bat, Louis, uh, the sound effect is for you right now. Hold on. You have achieved it, Louis. Which you achieved, you you've achieved the ultimate lowest hanging fruit for a <laughs> for a topic. It's amazing. You were able to do Batman and Robin, and then go with the Christian Bale and yep. Gordon Levitt, baby. You 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 are amazing. <laughs> that fruit was slack, was was hanging so low it was a root. It was already rotting. Um, somebody had already like eaten half of it. Yeah. And you still successfully <laughs> did it. It's, and we bring it up. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Um, I, I'm going to go next. Um, you know, I've been trying to think of dynamic duos um, that made sense to me. Um, and so um, I'm going to go with uh, comedy. You know, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of really good dynamic duos in terms of comedy. But I think one of the original ones that to this day, like I didn't know it was them until like later on. Um, and it would be Abbott and Costello. Um, and wow. no, I'm not that old that I used to listen <laughs> you saw, to that live. <laughs> you know, I saw that live. Um, the reason why I remember uh, why I even know Abbott and Costello is just for one bit and one bit alone. And that would be their baseball, the, the baseball bit. Um, I remember uh, who's on first. You know, uh, the very first time I ever heard that bit, I don't know who introduced it to me, but I swear to you, I watched it um, at least like 10 times. And I was like dying every single moment because of how clever uh, at how, um, you know, at how great um, the delivery is and just like the physical comedy reaction. And, you know, uh, admittedly, there are times where uh, when we're riffing um, in our uh, podcasts and everything, and I kind of, you know, I kind of remind myself of, uh, not myself, but I'm reminded of like just the timing of Abbott and Costello um, and, you know, just the, the, the banter, the back and forth. And, you know, the times when we are at our best, even though there's three or four of us, um, that's, you know, that, that delivery that for the facial expression except for lewis because he can't see himself um we can't we can't see him at this point you know it it just reflects to me what great comedy is and you know to this day you know you're talking about chippendale you're talking about um you know more modern um comedy uh, duos it's you know just that pure essence of good good uh, good dialogue good um expressions and just good acting um you know made Abbott and Costello really good so when we're talking about dynamic duos when we're talking about uh, you know those two um I would go my that would be my first vote would be Abbott and Costello nice Harold um I wanted to do 
Yeah, you did. Something. Well, first, my first um, instinct was to go. I'm, I'm going music on this one. And um, the first duo I thought of, but I'm not going to go because it's too easy, would be um, <clears throat> John and Paul. John and Paul, you know, the greatest songwriter, singer, duo, probably of all time, writing the greatest songs God ever created. But I'm going to go with another Paul. But are, are, are those the Popes? Those are the Beatles. Oh, the <laughs> Beatles. Gotcha. Well, John John is Paul is the second yeah. because my mom would my mom would hug you if that was Dennis has a power ranking of favorite popes in the last century. So. Yeah, he's the Pontus. Pontus? There's only been two the last century. Yeah. Oh, so the century is only 23 years. It's Never mind. True. My bad. Um, but I'm gonna go with uh, another Paul. Uh, I'm going with Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel because I love me some Simon and Garfunkel. I agreed. Like I, I love Paul Simon because he is the most unassuming rock star God has ever created. Like the <laughs> dude, you if you ever saw Paul Simon anywhere, you would have no idea that was Paul Simon. It's just some dude in the corner looking like he could be the valet for your car. Um, but when they originally came out, that the, the harmonies that those two created with Paul going low and Art going high, Bridge Over Troubled Water is one of those songs that even though Paul Simon doesn't show up on it, the fact that he wrote it, created all the melodies, um, so just, you know, it's damn near perfection. I love the boxer and so many other things that they've done. I, and then re, like not knowing so much the backstory, because I mean, as much as I try to follow everything, we are a little bit young for their original demographic, but when they did their concert in Central Park, I've seen that video on YouTube like four or five times just because seeing them play together and then having to do the sound of silence, the sound of silence, mm-hmm. one of those songs where it could be the most depressing song God has ever made or ever put onto vinyl anywhere, but them doing the harmonies, it's magic. And every time you hear it, especially live, even when they did it, I think maybe 10 or 15 years ago, Sounds just as good. And uh, it's unfortunate that whatever problems they had together, they were not at the time able to fix. But it did lead us to, you know, Paul Simon having a pretty good solo career and creating some of the best things and then being one of the five time hosts on SNL. So good things came out of it. I'm going to sound really ignorant here. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are famous Paul Simon songs that I would know? Uh, Solo songs? Yeah, solo songs. Kodachrome? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, call you can me call me out. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. I, I I guess I guess. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Technically, the boxer is somewhat a Paul Simon solo song. He sang that. This is another great thing. He sang Paul Simon sang the boxer after nine eleven, and he did. He opened the very first SNL after nine eleven. And he did that song, and there was not a dry eye in the house. And I'm not sure if that's considered. I'm pretty sure that's considered just a Paul Simon song. But I mean, yeah, good stuff. It, it, you know, it's a, the way you learned about Paul Simon. I mean, Simon and Garfunkel was it through your dad? No, I learned. Th- I learned about Simon and Garfunkel through Call Me Out. Oh, really? Because Chevy Chase was in the music video. Oh, okay. yes. I love that video. I do. I love that video. 
And I, like, I was like, who is this guy? And then my dad was like, is that Paul Simon? And then it came, <laughs> and then it turned into Bridge Over Troubled Water. And then I was like, oh, but that's not Paul Simon. It's the dude with the fro that's singing the song. <laughs> no, because the reason why I asked is because I know Simon and Garfun- Garfunkel because of my father. Um, and, you know, um, we haven't done in a while. You, you know that Lewis and I were born in the Philippines. <laughs> Um, and, um, you know, in, in the Philippines, my dad w- would uh, play like music um, uh, um, through his um, his stereo, like really, really loud. Um, and it would, you know, there were two albums that he would play. One is um, Simon, Gar- uh, Simon and Garfunkel. And then the other one was Don McLean. And he would play it over and over and over again. So um, when you said Simon and Garfunkel and you started naming all those songs, I kind of pulled up a lot of the the songs on, um, you know, on the the, the internet. And I was like, damn it, I, I know most of these songs. <laughs> you know, Scarborough Fair. <laughs> oh yeah, Scarborough Fair, a classic like, old tale song. And then they're like, hey, we're gonna do it, and we're gonna harmonize it, and then it's like. That's the standard version of Scarborough Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that song because my brother's name is in that song. <laughs> Parsley Sage was Marion Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that song because they made me sing it in fourth grade uh, class. In front of the class by myself. Nice. By yourself? Yeah. And then I peed my pants. Anyway, so. Um... <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's my that's turn. What, that's what happens when you have too much parsley. Yeah. That was my dynamic duo, me singing and me peeing. And peeing. <laughs> Popcorn and, peeing. and water. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I guess, um, uh, I'll go and uh, one of my favorite uh, dynamic duos from movies, and it's from one of, the mo- one of my favorite movies of all time, and it came out in the 90s, and it's still a movie that I quote pretty much every day. And it's been 20, I don't know, I mean, it's been 25 years. Um, But the movie is Clueless, and my duo is Cher and Dion, played by Alicia Silverstone and Stacey Dash, respectively. Um, We, you know, we we all know what they look like. You have, like, the blonde, you have, like, Dion with her braids, you remember their, their fashion, like, their, their plaid, plaid, like, schoolgirl uniforms and I went to like a private school who had like you know more modest uniform but they really turned it up it was really around the time where you know everyone was like wearing cross colors and like baggy pants like guys were wearing baggy pants and you saw people in Clueless who were really like put together and wore like high fashion um but those two were really funny because they they for, I mean, they were clueless, right? That's why, <laughs> why the movie is called that. Um, but in the end, it's really Cher who comes to that uh, transformation, that character growth, and she realizes that things that she prioritized maybe isn't the one, isn't what you should be prioritizing. Um, and I just love their play together. They're just so iconic. They're, you know, one-liners, they're misquoting Shakespeare sonnets um it's just it's just like one funny like stereotypical uh like a stereotypical group of girls or a pair of girls who are just unaffected by the world around them because they're just in their own little world 
Um, but I mean, that changes in the end. But qu- very, very quickly, I just want to say one of my favorite dynamic duos, Cher and Dion from Clueless. I think That's Dennis it. prefers uh, the two men that they ended up with at the end of the movie. Uh, um, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd and definitely. Chocolate Bear. <laughs> I don't know about Chocolate Bear. Although he, he, started, he, he, he has been working out lately, so I, I'm okay with that. He does, he does get to do T-Mobile commercials with Zach Braff. So. I mean, together forever. That's the, that's the other dynamic duo that we said we were not going to discuss. We discussed them way too much in general. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I mean, low-hanging fruit. Um, <laughs> um, uh, confession time. I've never watched Clueless. Really? That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you've watched Mean Girls so many times, and you've never seen Clueless. I have watched Mean Girls, but I don't know. Like Clueless was uh, maybe it's, it was the time I didn't have anybody was, watch it with. It was so the time. It was so the time. Yeah. So, uh, and even I, watching it now, you're like, oh yeah, that that was so the time. Yeah, it was very, it was very 1995. <laughs> like I would say, yeah. th- this is around the time Dennis and I did watch movies together. But that wasn't uh-huh. one of the movies where we'd be like, hey, bro, let's go watch Clueless. <laughs> hey, hey, bro. Bro. Hey, bro. After Although, we see the movie. If you, if you did tell me it was Alicia Silverstone, I might have gone and, yes, you know. Yeah. The and girl in all the Aerosmith movie uh, videos. <laughs> yeah. Shout yeah. out to Brittany Murphy, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Aw, R.I.P. Did yeah. Brittany Murphy pass away? Yeah, she did. Like, yes, dude. A long time ago. Look, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't, uh, um, you know, label every single time somebody uh, dies. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been yeah. a while. And okay. I mean, I'm really there's sad a mystery now. surrounding yeah. her death, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. I'll have, to, I'll, I'll have to go read some stuff. Uh, you on know what? I think your daughter would love Clueless. Okay. I'll, I'll... I mean, it's an adaptation of Emma, right? From uh, what's yeah, her name? Uh, Jane Austen. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Watch it with her then. <laughs> it's it's Bro, so sweet, and they're just I I. You're, so you're the one who just suggested no, that just I watch saying, it with my daughter. That's now, I'm saying you're now you're to, going, bro. I'm saying you're talking to her, your daughter, being like, "Hey, bro, you want to watch Clues, hey, bro? <laughs> <laughs> bro, this is this movie about uh, the '90s, bro." Yeah, it really is such a snapshot. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't know. I'm not like fashionista or whatever but i was actually at the mall with my wife a few weeks ago and no no no, no shut clueless up you were is... wearing something from the 90s on, during the during on friday the oh for sure i'm not even mad at that for sure dude what were I you wearing him... he was wearing oh this uh, loud color cross color looking thing Ooh. yeah, yeah so it was block, loud a pastel color block yeah yeah so but... much so that we went to a mexican I restaurant and all the Latinos there were like, "Whoa, that's way too comfortable, uh, colorful, bro." Yeah, I walked into a I walked into a Mexican karaoke, and I was the loudest thing in there. So yeah, but I digress. But like, so Clueless Chic is in now, I guess, because like we to the stores that we went into, like Cher's yellow plaid dress is on the racks now, and it's yeah, like the nineties are back. Wait, what store were you going to, Louis? Uh, wherever my wife. 22 so it might have been forever 21 or whatever um gotcha yeah those so kind of your stars. wife does look forever 21 so yes she so does. props to her Not and I, fair yeah she's married harold please stop uh hitting on her <laughs> 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 
<laughs> hey. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> All right, but uh, okay. Well, oh, for that my was awkward. <laughs> awkward transitions. All right, uh, so for my next dynamic duo, so I know we're we're kind of going into pop culture, but so uh, yeah, my because, next duo is when it went Abbott and Costello. That was pure pop culture. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, kind of. So I mean, in one of the realms that you know me, Dennis, and Harold love uh, so much is wrestling. So um, I wanted to give a shout out to maybe. I mean. Okay, so the Steiner brothers, one of my favorite wrestling tag teams ever. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a little bit of nostalgia and it's a little bit of a personal story in a sense where like uh, my brother and I grew up watching wrestling too. So it was one of those things that like we loved watching tag uh, brother tag teams. It was just like our kind of thing. It's like as much as we love the Hart Foundation, they were like in-laws. They were just buddies or, you know, uh, Harlem Heat, which... Kind of broke my heart when I found out that they weren't actually like related. But they're, yes, they're the Steiner... they're brothers, Lou. Are they really? No, they're not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, they're Jewish brothers. Yeah. Oh, stupid. <laughs> From Harlem. Yes, but uh, yeah. So the Steiner brothers uh was the was a pair that we loved uh growing up. Not only because they were like, yeah, they were they were the prototypical like wrestling duo. Like they had amazing finishers. They had this incredible like '90s look with their with their like hot neon uh, singlets and you know uh, 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 the, the yeah. Thank you, Courage. That's it. That's it. Those are the two. <laughs> I had to look them up because I don't know them. So yeah. So yeah, like they were so like creative too. Um, you know, Scott Steiner in particular, like he he moved like a dude half his size and he was just so incredible to watch and nothing against Rick Steiner either. He was just like the great, uh, you know, he was the, the bulldog of the team and like, he just had such a great look and, you know, moving on, moving forward. Uh, I, I know um, Harold might know this, but obviously, or obviously Harold might know this, but know this is that one of the, the champions right now in WWE is actually Rick Steiner's son. Um, and I don't know why they didn't call him, you know, a Steiner, but a bond breaker, Braun breaker. So yeah, it's the, the legacy continues. It's a family business. And it's like I said, the tag, the uh, tag team that I love growing up and um, yeah, just love seeing their legacy continue on in, in the next generation. Wait, what's the son's name? Braun breaker. Yes, I know. That's I, a freaking great name. You think, <laughs> Isn't it? It's not going to go as Bob Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not sure what his actual name is. His name is Bronson Steiner. Oh, okay. So, yeah, maybe Bronson Rex Steiner. (laughs) You're right. So, maybe the the old school guy in me is like, oh, name him Steiner. But, yeah, if you're a a casual fan, a dude named Bron Breaker, you're like, yeah, I'm going to watch that guy. He sounds like he could do stuff. But, yeah. And he looks just like a mix between his dad and his uncle. It's crazy. And he wrestles in his dad's um, old singlets, I think, or at least um, you know, in homage yeah, of it. So it's still it got looks that, like it. Yeah, cool. he's, he's got that throwback, like '80s, um, yeah, wrestling uh, look going on. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's great. See, it's kind of surreal watching the you know watching the kids of the the wrestlers that we grew up watching now being the champions and whatnot the fact that like roman reigns is you know uh part of the annoy family and they're like we watch their uncles and their dads wrestling back in the 80s and 90s and now they're the ones running the show and like my kids are watching it and yeah so it's it's a fun full circle kind of thing so yeah more power to Braun breaker in the future but yeah one of my favorite dynamic duos the steiner brothers 
why is there i mean i guess that it's it's like a it's a constant in in everything that there has to be like a like a dynamic duo of sorts like it just just more fun that way i guess um i was just thinking about like disney and how you know there's always you know whether it's um, um whether it's mulan and mushu or if it's like genie or aladdin if it's like moana and Oh, what's his name? Um, Maui. There, there always has to be mm-hmm. a, a duo there, and it's 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 always been pretty awesome. Um, you know, a, a duo for me for Disney. Um, and you know, when we talk about low hanging fruit, um, this might be one of the more low hanging fruit because, uh, at least for me, because it's the most obvious every single time I think of a duo. Um, I would have to go with um Lilo and Stitch. Um, Lilo Classic. and Stitch, um, one of my most favorite movies in the whole wide world. Um, it, you know, uh, it's one of the first movies that I made my daughter watch. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I whispered like words into her ears to make sure that she she knew that it was a good movie. Like, you have to love it. You have to love it. <laughs> Just because I want to make sure that uh, 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 there's a good experience. And, um, you know, to this day, uh, I, I have... Um, you know, Lilo and Stitch in some way or form, um, um, you know, for a while, my uh, my band for my 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 watch before it broke was uh, Lilo and Stitch. You know, um, I when I go to Disneyland, um, I have lanyards of uh, of pins and the, the only rule for my pins, it has to either be Lilo and Stitch um, on those lanyards. That's the only thing I collect. Um, and so for the longest time, and, you know, it's, it's still something that I, I look forward to. And it's funny that um, just lately I've been noticing a lot, you know, whether you go to like Hot Topic, whether you go to like, um, you know, anime stores and everything, you're still going to see um, a lot of stitches, um, a lot of uh, you, you, every so often you see Lilo, but um, it's still an ongoing and endearing um, uh, a duo in Disney. And so that's going to be my second dynamic duo, Lilo and Stitch. So good. Yeah, I love that movie still. That movie, it doesn't even seem like it's of the time. Like it could be timeless. Yeah. Because there's not, you don't tie too much into technology. Like uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Bubbles could be from any any part of Disney generational. Yeah. I mean, there was a there was a spaceship, I guess. Yeah. Like that's the only thing that you but, can. But even like Lilo playing Elvis records on an old yeah. uh, mm-hmm. phonograph, not even a record player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that really is like you could have put that movie anytime. You can imagine it being even today, even though it came out. 19 years ago now yeah so yeah yeah. oh i agree and that's funny that you brought up elvis because i thought of the same thing because back then 19 years ago elvis was already like universally you know known and it was already we've already um accepted elvis in our world as that legend back then so now it's just it still fits that's all i'm saying it still fits um, did you guys know that there was a continuation? There was a there was a, a animated series here in the United States that that c- continued like multiple like uh, I think uh, like a couple years. Uh, of course, they had like two other like um, you know movies. But did you know that they had a Japanese version of of, of Stitch? No. Uh-huh. Um, so there was a there was a Japanese version of Stitch, and um, I showed an episode to my wife and my daughter and it broke their heart. No. 
sad? It, um, the the so the storyline so like people were always wondering you know um you know how come there's because they disney said that the um, that the japanese version of lilo and stitch was canon like that actually happened and so they were like wait a minute how can this be canon what happened to lilo like you know how why, how and why would lilo um leave um you know leave uh, leave stitch and he would be um, you know, he would find a different Ohana because everyone was there. Jamba was there. Pleakley is there. The only thing that was missing is that there's no Lilo and there was no like mention of it. And so um, th- there was an episode that they did and the title was Lilo. And so I clicked it. It was really, really sad. Um, so uh, I guess Lilo um, had to go. Uh, Lilo had to go uh, had, uh, had to go off to college. Um, and Stitch had to stay in the island because he had to take care of all the the experiments. And so Lilo and Stitch made a promise to each other that in four years, kind of like um, kind of like a um, what do you call it, a sleepless in Seattle type thing, or an affair to remember, where they were like, in four years we're gonna meet here, um, in this in this spot, and we're you know we're going to oh, no. uh, get back to get together again. And um, Stitch was there waiting for a long time until she he gave up and he f- went and found his uh, a different ohana um and so in the episode uh, um stitch is walking around in to- in in hawaii and he finds a, a little girl that looks exactly like lilo and it turns out it's lilo's daughter um and oh my um, god and so this whole time lilo um like in the episode you find out that lilo was actually there like he was she was stuck in like her car there was a car troubles and she was she was like late but she was like but i was there i was there (laughs) and so in the the end of the in the the end of the whole thing in the end of the whole series that 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 episode like lilo uh, and lilo and her kid had to go back home to where they were, but um, they made a promise to see each other again. And that was the end of the episode. I was like, oh. <laughs> so it kind of shows you how much of a Lilo Stitch and fan I am that I even oh, watched the Japanese anime version of it. Dude, why is anime so sad, dude? Because <laughs> it's anime, bro. Yeah. Yes, man. Damn. <laughs> Either ultra violence or ultra sadness. Yeah. yeah. No I would want to see a boy's love Stitch. <laughs> Wait, 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 what? A what? Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I'm so confused. See, I, I would feel bad too, though, Dan. I mean, not to get all, you know, I, I, well, I guess it's not really political, but I wonder if Lilo and Stitch was to be released now, it would be which which would it fall under streaming to Disney Plus or out in big theaters kind of thing? Because I really oh, think. She's brown. Yeah, she's brown. I, know. I mean, uh, and a lot of illegal aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, Literally. <laughs> and then and the only one that's keeping them together is uh, a Canadian from the kids in the hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, quick aside, yeah, Chris, I started watching Kids in the Hall. Did you? <laughs> yeah, and because of what you warned me that week, I watched Kids in the Hall, and then like a couple of episodes, and then right after, I watched the first episode of The Boys. So I seen a lot of I seen a lot of wiener in Pesco. Uh, <laughs> Always too much male wiener. Wow. <laughs> Did you follow so up? Like, I need to be warned about the wiener in the, the boys. Yes. Oh, oh my yes. gosh. Just a little bit I watched that part and uh, Randy doesn't watch 
watch it. So I wanted to describe that part in the boys of season one of the latest episode of that part. And he was not having it. He's like, that you watch that show. Yeah. I wish I wish he walked in on you watching it now. Instead of you <laughs> it. What? You see me watching like Outlander during those the <laughs> in, intimate moments. <laughs> so I mean it's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Harold. How, oh how, Harold. How did we go from uh, Lilo and Stitch to uh yeah to this? I don't know. The wiener. Well, yes. Kershaw uh, was asking about boy love, of uh, and and, and, yeah, and I wanted Stitch, to see a so. boy's love, <laughs> boy's love anime with Stitch. Okay. He wouldn't. Yes, it's just like that. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Um, I, I got a kind of. Yeah, you got to say I got to lighten like... the mood just a little bit because <laughs> we've been talking about wiener and uh, people that have have wiener disappointed you. But quickly, um, everyone has to watch the kids in the hall. Okay, that's yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's messed up. <laughs> um, but now, so, if Lewis watches kids in the hall before Top Gun, our friendship is over. Just you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more readily available to him. I was gonna say exactly. It is on I have Prime. to pay money to watch. That's do you? I do. Yeah. Do Sorry. you? Do you get enough things delivered to to justify Prime? Yeah, I, I do. Actually. I do. I for sure. I do. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah. You don't want to see my email history. I've, I have two that's waiting still, <laughs> and I'm worried that it's going to be on the, uh, that it's going to be on the um the the, the porch while I'm gone for two weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> Just let me know. Dude. I'll pick it up. <laughs> yeah, we can pick it up and open it and you direct enjoy the it. delivery to my house. And then I'll <laughs> um, but for me, it's a they. It's also a comedy duo, but it's. Basically, one movie and then another movie that they made afterwards that people have. Uh, some people have seen. I know Dennis has seen it because I'm, he ended up watching it in Vegas when everybody in the room was sleeping. But uh, the comedy team I'm referring to is Harry Dunn and Lloyd Christmas. Um, also known as Dumb and Dumber. And I'm saying this because... When everybody passed out in Las Vegas last year, when us dudes did our trip, and the only people awake was me and Dennis here, um, the only thing showing on TV was Dumb and Dumber Two, and oh, yeah. I, I made I made these guys watch it, and it is not the best of movies, but it is uh, produced, so it's got that going for it. I still can't believe that the uh, the opening part of that movie depressed me so much. That he would pretend like he was, he was in comatose. He was comatose for all those years, <laughs> just on, for a no, for a joke. <laughs> still good, <laughs> still pretty good. <laughs> I, I talk about this movie, uh, you know, in, in, in once in a while, but I've never, and to this day, I don't think I've ever laughed in a movie theater more than I had the very first time I watched Dumb and Dumber. Because it is exact, I am exactly the demographic for that movie when it came out. Fourteen years old, loving fart and dick jokes, and um, <laughs> just the dumbest things, you know, having a headless parrot, you know. Um, the chemistry, and that's what's funny to me is always that was the year of Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey had East Ventura in the beginning of the year, The Mask in the middle of the year, and Dumb and Dumber at the very end of the year. The movie's great if no matter what, if Jim Carrey's in it, but having Jeff Daniels, 
who the last time I saw him before that was in speed as Keanu Reeves' <laughs> partner and getting mm-hmm. murdered and everything. But the last picture I have of Jeff Daniels before Dumb and Dumber is him being a serious cop once in a while cracking jokes. But like, you don't take him as a, as a comedian at all, like leading up to that. Even before that, the last movie I saw him in before that was The Butcher's Wife starring Demi Moore. And that is, a, <laughs> yes, I, I thought it was a horror movie. It was not. It was a wow. It was a romantic movie <laughs> starring Jeff Daniels. But like I hadn't imagined that he'd be a good comedian until I saw like him driving around in the pup cuts that right off the bat set the tone for the rest of the movie that like <laughs> the serious actor Jeff Daniels has now fully bought into being a comedian and it's just gonna be two guys doing corny things for like an hour and a half and I can watch that movie any day of the week. I'll still enjoy it. Uh, even though the sequels were a thing and it's still like, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's not the best of movies, but I, I can watch it. I can sit through it, but the chemistry that those two had pretty much the funniest two guys I've ever seen on a movie screen at the same time. I like it. I like yeah, it. I'd have yeah. to agree. Like that's, that's such a reach too, dude. Cause you're right. Like I, I I'm not a, like a, a film guy like you, but the fact that Jeff Daniels in a, renowned comedian renowned you know was this one of jim carrey's first movies right i mean after the mask or was this before the mask uh yeah about a minute ago i talked about how he's <laughs> ventura and then the oh mask. my bad dude but yeah anyway <laughs> so yeah dude like just asking for that kind of chemistry is just like a huge ask and yeah they pulled it off so yeah huge good, what? good choice ask ask, ask. it was okay. a big ask they asked a lot yeah, the horror movie. Wait, quick question. The wasn't there a movie? I know you mentioned sequels. You're talking about not just the latest one, but also there was like one where they were younger, right? We don't talk about that movie. Yeah, he said we don't talk about that one. We don't talk about Bruno. It's it's called uh When Harry Met Lloyd. Oh yeah, that's it, that's it. It is awful. Not good. And it really spit on everything that Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels did. Because, like, the guy who plays Lloyd in the movie is Eric Christian Anderson, who is in Beer Fest and not another teen movie. And it's, Who was he in Beer Fest? He was one of the brothers. Oh, God. He was the guy that says, Und, oh, und Bex. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that movie. I haven't watched it in three days. But... Yeah, that's the kind uh, of quality they they were expecting. His big turn in not another teen movie where he was the third or seventh lead. They're like, this is the guy that's gonna replace Jim Carrey, and it didn't work out too well. So, but Cherry O'Terry's in it. So, ah, well, there there's always light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't even think so. It's obvious that I haven't seen it. I don't plan to. I haven't even seen the 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 second one with the guys. So it is like they really lean into the fact that people love the corniest parts about Dumb and Dumber, and they try to get dumber than that. <laughs> well, that's no. I mean, I would hope so because if it was at the same level as the first one, then. What are they really like pushing? So I mean that that makes me more excited to see it. I don't know why I haven't. I like the first one. It's cool. 
it just happens. Yeah. You know, there's so much to watch. Um, I'll go to I'll go next, and my next dynamic duo. We've we've talked about this show on this show, so <laughs> um, I know you guys are. I know you guys are familiar, and I hope you guys can agree that one of my favorite dynamic duos is Michael and Janet. And I'm not talking about Jacksons. I'm talking about Michael and Janet from The Good Place. Um, just because, you know, Michael was just the demon who was inhabiting, you know, a human body as the architect. And you have Janet, who's your favorite, not a girl, not a robot. Right. And and just to have them be that pair to welcome you in the good place, but also be funny with each other because, you know, they're not people, <laughs> but in the end, have a sense of humanity about them. That makes that couple so special to me and such a standout. And Janet is probably my second favorite person <laughs> in that show. Um, Chidi being my number one, but uh, I, I think from that show, Michael and Janet kind of just because they weren't humans ended up being a little more human at the end, which is, you know, which is such a, a beautiful thing for people to have that kind of like course in a show. Um, I don't know. I just love, I just love them back and forth. I just love Janet so much. Um, but yeah, of all the people in the good place, my favorite couple, Michael and Janet, not Jackson's. <laughs> I really like that choice. <laughs> I was hoping it was Michael and Janet, the, the Jackson's, but um, I, I, I can, I, I can, I can respect that, that choice. Um, it's funny that you use the good place because when we're, when I was thinking of, uh, of like dynamic duos, I, I actually went with Chidi and Eleanor. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe it is, you know, it, it's the simplest one, but, um, you know, since all four of us, um, since all four of us have watched it, um, the number of times I have watched, um, the scene where Eleanor and, Chidi are sitting down by the couch and Chidi explains um, the um, the the Buddhist version of uh, of the afterlife. Oh, um, yeah. It still makes me cry. Every was that the finale? That was, that was the finale? What's up? Was that in the finale? I'm trying to that remember. is the finale. Yeah, that is, that, that's right. Right before. That's right. Before she says, do me a favor. Um, you know, um, you know, could you like I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, say goodbye to me now and then uh, go without without saying, you know, without waking me up. Like, yeah, that that one definitely um, to this day is still, you know, like Harold was kind of talking about like um, different like dynamic duos in terms of like love, you know, like uh, love stories and everything. Um before Chidi and Eleanor, I would have gone with, you know, um, either uh, uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in um, in uh, You Got Mail or Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, but that one, um, because of that series, um, they have become my favorite couple. So um, I I give props to your uh, your Janet and uh, Michael, but um, they they're eclipsed by um, by Chidi and Eleanor. 
Yeah, that's a good one too. But yeah. but <laughs> Janet and Michael doing the like detective their own detective agency. Oh oh yeah, come it's on. One of the best things. That, it's because Michael's stupid fedora, dude. It it gets me every time. <laughs> like and then having Janet on the what do you call it? The stockbroker. Oh oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh, I love it. I but then you that. can't go Janet without thinking Jason as well. So, you know, because, well, you I think that's go... because they weren't the humans, right? And they were oh, that's true from the you know they were part of the good place before the humans yeah. got there. They're they're so, part of the ruse that they're part of the ruse. Believe and then yeah, having to turn them from the antagonists in the beginning to be putting. You know, yeah, to be part of it. Have we done a good place? We did without. No, it. we have not. We did one. <laughs> oh, okay. Just checking. Because he yeah. hadn't seen it yet. And it took him uh, nine months after we did that episode. Mm. But Christian was there. I was there. It was good. <laughs> we got, I got there eventually. But yeah. yeah. So since Dennis said. went, Lewis. Wait, what? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Yeah, we're no, looking I'm for saying. a boy love episode of you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying Dennis had Dennis mentioned his dynamic duo for the next round. Or did you? Did that count? I don't know. Does that count? Lewis, I want to go for one more round. Yep. Sounds good. I'll do mine. Um, you know, I wanted to do like bad Janet and disco Janet, but I guess since uh, you already used Janet and Michael, I can't use that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so for my last one, um, as much as I'd love to talk Sam and Frodo, but I think I've talked about those two enough already on this podcast, yes. so we'll, we'll move on. Um, actually, so one of the more recent uh, shows that I've begun binge-watching uh, too, too many times. Oh, wait. Um, was that out loud? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my bad. My uh, bad actually, wait. this one. Hot mic. You know, hot oh, mic. Hot mic. <laughs> Uh, this one actually was a recommendation Michael by one of our friends, um, Janelle, uh, our guru Janelle, uh, you know, was recommending this dumb little CW show that I've actually fallen in love with in the last few years. It's a little show called Supernatural, uh, which has gone on TV for 17 seasons, I believe, some ridiculous amount. In this day and age where Netflix can only drop 10 episodes at a time, uh, you know, 17 seasons with freaking uh, you know, four, uh, 30 episodes each season seems uh, ridiculous. But so, yeah, one of my favorite duos is are the protagonists for that show, Sam and Dean Winchester, uh, a brother, see, a, a, a brother team that uh, hunt all the things that go bump in the night and basically hunt down people. Uh, they are, you know, it, it's your prototypical it's it's a CW show. Full disclosure, you know, it is kind of silly. It's a little goofy sometimes, but I think most of the love comes from you know, like like the old like the early uh, Smallville or even Arrow uh, episodes, where like a, a lot of the strength comes from the characters and from the heart of it all. So you know, as much as as the goofy you know monster of the week might be, or what whatever demon they're they're fighting that uh, for that. Uh, <laughs> story arc might be it's still at the end of the day like it's this great dynamic between uh the two actors um you know the, playing the roles as yeah two two conflicted brothers who are basically fighting an uphill battle so um yeah uh, one of my two two of my favorite new um uh characters uh sam and dean winchester from supernatural and if you're actually yeah if you guys are watching the boys this uh what do you call it uh, season three, 
uh, what do you call it? Um, shoot, I can't remember. Jensen Ackles. So he played Dean Winchester in that movie. Is actually going to be is Soldier Boy. So he's the uh, he's the guy who's playing the you know the Captain America, the evil Captain America or the Captain America character in in the boys this season. So yeah, it's 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 kind of like a nice little full circle kind of thing. I'm watching him at, when he was younger. Like I said, uh, I think the first seasons of Supernatural came out before the kids were born, so 2008 2009. Uh, so he looks like a baby compared to what he looks like now on the boys. So yeah, it's kind of fun, mm-hmm. kind of cool, and yeah, it's kind of funny seeing again. Like I said, it's a CW show, so the worst thing they can say is like damn and then you hear him on uh, the boys and he's like you know basically being a huge misogynist They're like oh okay this is not the dean winchester i liked <laughs> never mind but uh yeah uh, kudos to them and i think jared padalecki the other guy the brother is actually the new um walker texas ranger so i don't know if you guys are even like watching cw any t- uh, anymore but yeah so no. yeah he's he's a, a new he is a new uh walker texas ranger and yes, there is still a CW, so it's not just uh, Riverdale and uh, whatnot. So they have other shows there apparently too. Anyway, so I digress. One of my new favorite dynamic duos, uh, Sam and Dean Winchester from Supernatural. So you have time to watch seventeen seasons of thirty. I'm only at season eight, and I watch it. It's it's my uh, it's my comfort show when I when I'm when I'm having to work from home. I just have it in the background, that kind of thing. So okay. don't ask me for plot points or specific character moments, but. Yeah, and you can't watch Top Gun. I have to pay and watch it, but I, I'd like to pay attention to that. Come on, I'm gonna Venmo you five dollars. Maybe the other guys can chip in. Can I for crowdfund that? for? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. so here's my, my next um, uh, dynamic duo. Um, <laughs> it is Iceman and Maverick. Okay, um, and so I'm going to ruin the whole. I'm going to ruin the whole movie for Lewis now. Okay, the plot twist. Everything, Iceman and Maverick forever and ever. Um, I would tell you why, Lewis, but you haven't watched it yet. No. So is Miles I, Teller their love child? It is. He is, isn't he? It's a boy's love. Yeah, it's boy's love. See, and we're, we're we're okay with that. <laughs> it's Harold twenty two. <laughs> is it my turn? Aww, yes. That was quick. Aww, because because Lewis hasn't watched Top Gun yet. I know. Um, I guess I'll go then. <laughs> There's so much anger right now. I, know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, eight it, seasons for a 32 ep- 32 episode per season show, and he can't pay 20 bucks to watch Top Gun. It's a big you ask, man. It's a lot to, to ask for. You don't have to bring the children. I mean, you, Do you, I, though? You, you're going to end up doing it anyways, but so that's Quesera, bro. Um, Quesera, wow. You know what? I'm going to go back to music just because I love uh, uh, things like that. Is there any duo that talks about disappointment? Yes. <laughs> anger and um, and betrayal? Yes. Okay, cool. Perfect. My Chemical Romance. <laughs> no, I want to know it's Gerard Way. <laughs> and that other guy. <laughs> um, the Honorable mention, I really loved uh, Hollow Notes. I wanted to do Hollow Notes. Oh, I um, thought you were going to go there. I was going to go there, and then I realized... Mikuchi? No, Mikuchi is Garfunkel and Oates. <laughs> oh, okay. Just checking. That's right. <laughs> we know that. Oh, Kate Mikuchi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Got Kate it. Mikuchi. The greatest yes, I'm, I'm not saying anything dirty. Just She has, she has the best name God has made, put on this planet, <laughs> um, and she makes a joke about it all the time. But um, my f- literally... 
one of those things that I have to watch all the time is a top five songs for me all time is called um, All I Have to Do is Dream. The, <laughs> the, the artists that made that were the Everly Brothers, Don and Phil Everly. The reason I love those guys, and it's the same reason I love uh, Simon and Garfunkel, is Harmony and their brothers. Like, <laughs> the Beatles picked up Harmony because of what the Everly Brothers put down. They never, the, the Everly Brothers never did songs in unison. Every song was low part, high part. And at the same time, and I'm like, you... Doing that thing you well, do. they learned that from them. <laughs> oh, good. But like, um, the Everly Brothers is one of my dad's favorite groups, and I, I love the great thing about that. And this is why I'm choosing them is because the Everly Brothers were two part harmony. My dad loved taking the high part, and I love singing the low part. So every family trip that my dad and I would take together, we would automatically establish. We're going to sing these songs, but we're going to sing them at the same time. We're going to son. I'm doing the high part. No, you didn't even have to say it. You just do it. And then when my dad lost his his um, his high range, he's like, "Okay, I'm going to sing the low parts and you sing the high parts. Because like, according to Dennis, I have some weird range in high singing here. So that's one of the things for me is it's because of the um, the the feelings that I get every time I hear the songs because it reminds me of my childhood with my father and even continuing to this day, like when I drive them around and any of those Everly Brothers songs come up, it's like magic. And then my mom comes along and I'm like, dude, you're ruining it, bro. Like, um, part of this. <laughs> it's like it's, it could be the Everly father and son, not the Everly. Oh yeah. My mom's here too. Yeah. It's two part harmony, not three part harmony mother. Get with the program. Yeah. Oh, Get out of here. Exactly. And wake up little Susie is one of the most, random songs about like people like slut shaming it's a song about slut shaming (laughs) (laughs) and no one ever talks about it you gotta go home yeah you gotta go home because people are gonna talk about the fact that you slept over in my house (laughs) (laughs) the movie is over it's four o'clock and we're yeah you're right okay cool By the way, you can you can obviously from what I've been talking about today with the Beatles, the Everly Brothers, and Simon and Garfunkel, I love old music. I love, like, I really wish that radio stations still had stations that played the fifties and sixties because nowadays oldies are considered the eighties and nineties. That kills yeah. me though. And yes. yeah, it, like K Earth One Hundred One is yep. no longer. I was about to say that. And Everly Brothers for me, it is for some reason Santana's smooth. Which came out in 1997. Featuring Rob, Rob Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> 1999. Yeah. Anyways. That came out in 99. Jesus. On Cares. Yeah. Take well, us away. Last- and, uh, uh, <laughs> What's the last, last one? My last duo also <laughs> kind of premiered in the 90s. <laughs> uh, fitting. Um. But uh, my last dynamic duo is an unlikely pair of a 12-year-old girl and an older kind of reserved hitman. 
So my last dynamic duo is Matilda and Leon from The Professional. Ooh, um, nice. With Natalie Portman and Luke Besson. Oh, no, Luke Besson was the director. Yeah. Jean Reno played Jean Leon. <laughs> Jean Reno. Um, and I mean, I mean, I, do I have to explain the professional? Uh, Natalie Portman, Matilda uh, was a little girl. Her parents were involved, or her dad, I think, were, was just involved with like storing drugs for corrupt police. And then um, they, who, uh, who eventually kill her whole family while she's out getting milk. She comes home, sees the commotion, and knocks on the door of her neighbor, who happens to be a cleaner, uh, a hitman. And he, in order to save her life, <laughs> takes her in and kind of protects her. And this duo vows to take revenge on the corrupt cops who killed uh, Matilda's family, specifically her younger, innocent baby brother. Um, so you see, you see, you see the once reserved hitman kind of like open up and teach a little girl how to, how to fire a weapon um, and ultimately how to protect herself. Um, you also see Matilda grow. I mean, she, she was already wise and older beyond her actual years because of her family and you know she had to you know she was 12 and she was going to the grocery store to buy milk for the family because her crappy parents weren't going to do it so um you can see her grow and yes it was uh, fueled by revenge but um i mean just seeing her become who she became and then at the end decides to go back to school like that that's also some growth we also see like leon's selflessness at the end and just his sacrifice for matilda so you know that even in within the short time and maybe some of it is problematic with this re really old guy <laughs> this really young underage girl but putting that aside there was still a a care between them uh, some sort of like um admiration for each other and also like the sense to protect one another even though they they got so close so fast I guess the circumstances like that you know life and death forced that quick uh forced that quick relationship um I love that movie Gary Oldman is in that movie. Gary Oldman is my favorite character, but not one of the dynamic duo. Um, but I, I love, I love their relationship. I love that story so much. And I wish that there's, uh, if any, if any movie out there deserves a sequel, it's this movie. And I want to see just badass Matilda, like, digging out the plant and moving into her own apartment and becoming a cleaner of her own, just protecting, you know, children in the neighborhood or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's my final dynamic duo. I like your, I like your fiction and I will subscribe to your magazine. <laughs> yeah. That like, she deserves to be part of like the Fox force five kind of deal. Yes. 
right? Like, yeah. I, I want her to, like, I don't know. I know it's just like a crazy movie. Yes, this little girl has like a, a bloodthirst, right? To like murder people, but, you know, who, uh, who changed her life forever. But I don't know. I feel like she can pay it forward because she met Leon, because she met someone so caring and opened up, you know, opened themselves up to her in a way that he's never had before, you know, like, and in a way that she, like, in a, like, she's never had that even with a, her own blood relative. She's, she's never had that sort of like taking, um, she hasn't been taken under someone's wing like that. So I wish that she could pay it forward. And I want to see her story. There you go. We need to. I like it. it. I mean, Natalie Portman's, it's not like she's been out of work for a long time, but I mean, she's uh, kind of uh, hot in the, News right now, not news, but hot in pop culture. So yeah, yeah. yeah, make it happen, Lewis. Yes, of course. Yeah, write it. We have to write it. We have hey, to you were you were the guy. You were the ones at the back lot the other day. You should, should have said something to somebody. You know, um, they've been doing a lot of like those, um, like the audio podcast things, where they they do like um, uh, the, um, uh, what do you call it? They're, they're you know, like a radio. Th- like a serial type thing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a radio show. Yeah, podcast, so maybe show. do one. Maybe start writing one about Matilda going crazy. Then. <laughs> <laughs> well, Curtis, yeah, she might go crazy because um, <clears throat> she died giving birth to twins. Oh, and the. And here's what I write. Anakin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So Daddy, a great topic, Curtis. Great topic, Kersh, and uh, I can't wait to see, um, uh, you know, where we go from here. And who knows, maybe some of our audience members might have some ideas of better um, and more, you know, uh, uh, creative uh, dynamic duos that that me or Lewis have been have not been able to think about. Better, better. It's not a competition. <laughs> Let's just get a discussion going. There you go, <laughs> Matilda. Well, on that note. This has been another episode of the Dorkiest Timeline Podcast. The tangents of the two families of the casual podcast. My name is Persia. This is Dennis. This is the Lewis. And I'm Harold. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.